my God, Dylan. We should have talked about this beforehand. Also, I left my drink somewhere. God damn it. Welcome, everyone, to the wrestler. Oh, no. Where's your drink? Oh, where you put it? It's so good. Oh. Nice coffee. Oh, I got it. I got it, Dylan. My name is Dylan Gott. That is John Hastings. This week, we'll be discussing Mike Rotunda, our IRS. I don't know. It's like R-E-S, IRS, Vincent Wall Street, Michael Wall Street, VK Wall Street, a man who, you know what? He got into wrestling. It was super easy. And then his entire wrestling career was easy. And then he had two kids, one of which will be remembered as a wrestler. And the other one, I'm assuming, will be involved in a class action lawsuit at some point. Yeah. One can only assume that Bo Dallas is days away from overdosing in a hotel room, becoming a Christian, debuting on AEW. Could be any of the three. I mean, (laughs) I have... uh, Bo Dallas did save his money and did buy a farm with Liv Morgan... You could live worse. He just was like, all right, you don't want me to be a wrestler. Sick. You're going to pay me to do what? Eat, like, stay on diet? Because he still looks good. You're still going to pay me to just eat no carbs and catering? I'll do that. There's a bunch of photos of just Lana visiting Liv Morgan and Bo Dallas's farm. Yeah, well, I guess Lana's not being booked either. But it is really funny to me that wrestlers, like, part of you, if you don't make it, if you if the rest, if WWE doesn't want you, your job is essentially to wear tights and just eat very tiny sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you are at the end of you're like on the cusp of getting fired, it's basically like, oh, you better show up, you better dress like a wrestler, and you better be quiet. Yeah, they're essentially they go to a Lions Club, but instead of dressing in flannel tucked into some goddamn khakis, they're just in shor- in sparkly shorts that say like impressive on them. I'm also gonna say this. Um, Say it. Bo, uh, Bo Dallas's dad, Mike Rotunda, would have been an indie darling in the 2000s as IRS um, or VK Wall Street or as Captain Mike Rotunda. Um, he has such a better range than people acknowledge as a wrestler. Like He's just much better at actually being a wrestler than anyone remembers or realizes. Like IRS is a distinctive character to Captain Mike Rotunda to Michael Wall Street, to VK Wall Street, and it's very weird because you don't think of him being a good wrestler. Well, he was like the dude who... He was the Sean Waltman of the 80s where it was like, this guy, this is the guy we get to see if you can actually wrestle. Yeah. And he also, for some reason... Well, not some reason. I guarantee the only reason he tag-teamed with Barry Windham is because he was married to Barry Windham's sister and like... Barry Windham's dad was like, can you please make Barry go with you? He just won't. Barry doesn't understand that he needs to go to work. And Barry's just like, I, um, I took a shit somewhere. There. I know it wasn't a toilet. I just did it. <laughs> well, it's too weird. It's weird that it were such a good team, the U.S. Express were. That was Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda. Um, they they started teaming together pretty immediately once Rotunda started uh, wrestling. Rotunda starts wrestling. Here's how he gets into wrestling fantastic 80s style of way to get into wrestling um he gave a speech retiring from amateur wrestling at syracuse and dick buyer the destroyer was there also an alumnus of syracuse wrestling and said hey if you're not doing anything do you want to become a pro wrestler and mike rotunda didn't say that's my lifelong dream he said yeah that's fine whatever and then immediately went to germany like immediately because they were like otto vons needs people now 
it's fake. And then they sent him to Germany and all they did all he did was standing switches in Germany. Because remember, in Germany it was all rounds, so it was just like, uh, just wrestle him, but at the end you take a body slam. And he was like, all right, do you give me money? Yeah, okay. I'm going to eat, pa- do they have pasta in Germany? I mean, it's more known for its sauce. Then I'll have sausages there in my room. Quietly. Everyone know it's a trip. I'm staying in the Holiday Inn, which is funny because I'm not on holiday, Mike Rotunda. My name is Mike Rotunda, and I'm a normal man. I wake up at 7 a.m. exactly, and I only have missionary sex with my wife, and I shake my son's hands. No hugs. Don't want a couple of Ric Flairs. That's what I call gay man. I'm Mike Rotunda. <laughs> no, the best thing about Mike Rotunda is he literally says, he's like, I'll tell you what the problem was with wrestlers in the 80s. They didn't go back to their room like I did. <laughs> it's like that's literally. He was like, I didn't see any country because it was like I guess it was all buses back then. So he would just go and he would be like, What do they have to eat? The hotel. Uh, this is Paris. You could. I said the hotel. I'm not on vacation, Nancy boy. Did I stutter? No, I did not because I don't do that. I'm Mike Rotunda. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm off to sleep quietly. How do you sleep quietly? I don't know, but I'll do it. If I ever snore, feel free to slap me awake and scald me. I will not make the mistake of snoring again. Of course. This is also, Mike Rotunda apparently was Lance Storm's stepdad from uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Of course he was. Um, <laughs> it's the same guy, though. But that's what Jim Ross says. He's like, uh, Mike Rotunda always would have a job, never would be the star because he was just too normal a guy. And you need that fusion of, like, this guy's fucking insane and... To go with this guy's fucking insane, he's also good at wrestling, which it's usually one or the other. This is why I like Mike Rotunda, though, because Mike Rotunda wasn't it. Mike Rotunda, like, who's that man sitting quietly there? Oh, that's Mike Rotunda. He's making six figures, and he actually is saving it. Who's that man next to him? Oh, that guy just burning money? That's Barry Windham. If you think that's crazy, look at his feet. Oh, my God. Why does he? Why does that man have shoes painted on his bare feet? I don't know. Barry Windham just, he called it shooing and he tried to fuck a stripper with his foot last night <laughs> i want to see when uh, mike rotunda and uh he married into the Wyndham family because i don't think it was i don't think it was after marrying because he would have been that would have been like i started i uh i met a woman once and i married her which does um check out for mike rotunda where it's like well we know each other's first names we're essentially married let's just go make this official i'm currently looking at their wedding photo and it looks like mike rotunda is looking like in the corner where i assume black jack mulligan is full jacking off and mike rotunda's wife is just stared forward 1980 uh october 15th 1984 also it's funny that he's the wrestler but she probably is the wrestler because she's she's a Wyndham, so she was raised by Blackjack Wyndham, and then imagine being a girl in Blackjack Wyndham's house. Like just every uh, every day, he's just sniffing the. Air. You don't have your bear attraction time, do you, Stephanie? What? Uh, no, Dad. Good. And there'll be another reason why there's a bear in the goddamn outhouse. Dad, there's nothing in the outhouse. So you've been drinking. I don't drink. I just don't need to eat or sleep. Black Jack. Black Jack Mulligan. Don't own a horse because I fucked my horse. I'm Black Jack Mulligan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, Mike Rotondo would be like, I made us. 
oatmeal that has just a wisp of sugar in it again, honey. And she'd be like, too late, I stole all the cows from Mr. Manson's farm. So we got to leave town right now, Mike. Get on my motorcycle. By the way, there's only one seat. And if there's a second seat, it's for my pussy. Goodbye, Mike. Catch up with me wherever the fuck I go. And then he just was like, well... Mike, Looks I like want I get to the thank you for again. the flowers. I got you this box. Oh, thank you, Stephanie. I shit in the box. You get my shit. <laughs> yeah, Stephanie. Stephanie. Mulli- yeah, they're wedding. The, uh, only hamburgers, no bun. Miller lights, but they opened all of them. <laughs> <laughs> what do you? What's that punch? Oh, that's beers I surfed from a while ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Excuse me, who's that man in a full clown outfit just trying to sleep with all of the black women at the wedding? Oh, that's my uncle Dick Murdoch. He's so drunk, he just thinks it's nighttime. <laughs> well, you see this a lot where, like, apparently, by the way, uh, Mike Rotundo, I'd legitimately, like, 6'3", actually a huge man. So he very much is of that time where it's like, he's huge, he's an amateur wrestler. He basically comes into wrestling. Like, he kind of co- he comes in at the exact same point, he'll leave it. Like, he doesn't go up or down his entire career. No, he court. doesn't. But what's amazing is he, you see the size difference between the NWA and the WWE when you look at, like, Varsity Club footage, which is, by the way, 80s Varsity Club, the fucking Varsity Club in Jim Crockett Promotions is one of the, it's the best and also weirdest stable ever. Because it's three guys that are graduates of universities for some reason, being managed by a wizard. Like, it's one of those things when they're like, man, the NWA made way more sense. And I was like, what makes sense about the fact that they were like, our wizard manager? Well, be wa- watch out. We did well on our tests. Also, that guy's going to put a hex on you. But this was also part of the satanic panic in the 80s where everyone's kind of greatest fear was all American boys get corrupted by old wizard, I guess. <laughs> I do like that it's just like, if with just a bit of tweaking, it's like, these college boys were fucked by this groomer. It's the groomer and the college boys. That's the Varsity Club. Yeah, the gr- Varsity Club's, the premise of the Varsity Club was basically three athletes who smoked pot one time, and now they can see this guy in a purple robe. <laughs> Yeah, and also like, hey, here's two. In- one guy's serious, one guy's intimidated, and the other guy, you guessed it, mentally handicapped. Let's party. Yeah, what's also amazing was uh, the Varsity Club is what launched Teddy Long. We're, like, we're jumping all over the place, but it's just like, okay, so this is... Mike Rotunda is a very boring man. He woke up. At, like He remembers every moment of his life. He was in Germany for a bit. He then headed back home. He married Stephanie, part of their prenup was that he had to be a tag team with barry so barry would leave blackjack mulligan's goddamn house they formed the u.s express they went to the world wrestling federation won the tag team titles twice first from dick murdoch and adrian adonis lord knows what was said in that ring but let me tell you it was objectionable do you can you imagine if dick murdoch was alive in the time of black lives matter you'd be able to audibly hear him screaming throughout the united states i mean he was very, he just, uh, he was very upset. No, you know what, though? The way he treated Bad News Allen and the way Black Lives Matter behaves, I guarantee he wouldn't have said anything because Bad News Allen came in and was like, I don't fucking like you. Stay the fuck out of my way. And he was like, yes, sir. Dick Murdoch was just a bully and he would have never stood up for anything. Like, he was just a bully. If he was bigger than you, he'd fight you. If you were size parody, he was like, whatever you want. 
I think Bad News Allen is my favorite of all the wrestlers that are actually good at fighting because it's just like you. Who's he, who's the toughest man in eight in late eighties WWE? Oh, it's that man with the giant gut and the big nipples. Wait, that guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the, the guy rest- with the steroids who does not work out. Yeah, the guy who doesn't need. He just does legs. Something I, this is a weird theory that I've developed over the course of this program, which is the guys Uh-oh. you really need to worry about just they never they only do leg day. Yeah, the guys who just have big backs but no arms. Yeah, re- like amateur wrestlers are like that. Except for Mike Rotundo, he was huge. Mike Mike Rotundo was fucking uh, he don't skip no fucking days. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have red meat, but I'll be going. Sometimes for I just sit in the gym. What the hell else have I got to do? Well, it's, I like the pro shop. It's a good place for a man to read a newspaper quietly. Yeah, for sure. He, he Mike Rotondo probably still reads the newspaper and just tuts at people who look at their phone. Like, I guarantee Mike Rotunda is he agrees with Trump's policies, but didn't vote for the man because he's not he doesn't fit the office. That is <laughs> that is the type of Republican he is. He just still voted for John McCain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just uh, he just writes in he just writes in uh, Barry Goldwater. <laughs> <laughs> so we should talk about the U.S. Express. They come in the WWF 1984. Yeah, we have to. They actually won the tag titles super quickly. They what? beat Dick Murdoch and Adrian Adonis. And Dick Murdoch tried to get Mike Rotundo to try beer, as uh, Mike Rotundo talks about it, and he did. And Mike Rotundo immediately went into AA. And was like, this is the darkest day of my life. I tried the devil's suds. Of course, he uh, lo- he marries his wife during this time, just pretty much before the WWF starts, really. And uh, his wife, that was, of course, consummated by his wife pinning him because she don't do no job. I have a question for you about the U.S. Express. You can ask me any question about this tag team. I, va- I don't remember because I was not born. They... Come, they do not come across as all American boys. Like there's something about them. The fact that they're not that muscular, both of them aren't good at smiling. Like they're kind of just sort yeah. of like they're not like it's like they're the U.S. Express, but the train's actually leaving America because these two guys are bummers. <laughs> it is funny that like also, of course, everyone's favorite trivia question. If you don't know this, I'm sure. You do, because you guys are all mega nerds like us. Which and wife did Hulk Hogan fuck first? It was, of course, Stephanie Mulligan. No. Um, he came in drunk. Barry Windham was in bed. Barry Windham was also in that time of life where he wanted to try something. Hulk Hogan fucked Barry Windham, and that is how he got the song Real American, because the U.S. Express was using it, but then they fucked, and it was so good that Windham said, you can have anything, and Hogan just wanted that theme song. That's why they fucked. Um, I want you to know, by the way, and I had no idea that the U.S. Express reunited in 2008 on an episode of Raw where um, Mike Rotunda gave Jillian Hall an airplane spin. I like that they were like, you know what? We're down because that's something that is unheralded is that they ran. They used up all of the um, they, really fast. They used up all of the people that everyone actually remembers, all the characters. And then by even just by 2008, they were down to the U.S. Express. Like, hey, three old guys. Here's one you'll like. Just be, based on your age, someone will cheer for you. Like, I mean, also Jillian Hall never talked about one of the weirdest things ever, which was she had that growth on her face that the boogeyman just ate. 
We should talk about Jillian Hall one time. She very much is one of the people who's like, oh, yeah, that, oh, WWE, do you mean sexual harassment, sexual harassment, sexual harassment? And then everyone's like, yeah, but she's a bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what I do love about the WWE is anyone, anytime a woman speaks out against it, they're just like, I didn't realize someone taught that cunt to talk out of her cunt. And then, but when the man's like, <laughs> I got to tell you what I experienced that was very inappropriate, that we will look into it immediately. I didn't realize it was a problem affecting men. Hear me out. Here's why Jillian Hall is a bitch. Now, keep in mind, right down the date, it is 2021. I wanted to see your jugs and she wouldn't let me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you why I continually just sign Jillian Hall up for the types of porn websites that you can only get with a VPN. And that's because one time I wanted her to hold my, my dick while I peed. And she said, I don't think that's appropriate, Mr. McMahon. And I said, you can call me Linda. That's right. Linda was the one assaulting her. <laughs> this is for you're trying to hold my dick to piss you're not fucking holding it to come all right this isn't sexual harassment if anything this is medical harassment it's me linda mcmahon i don't even have a dick it's just an expression that says i want you to cup your hands i want to piss into your hands and then i want you to throw it in the toilet yeah just i'm doing a relay race here yeah What's yeah, the problem? Yeah, yeah my piss is really good it should touch hand before it touch toilet Here's my favorite thing is when they have a tag team that's successful, but then they bastardize it. So Barry Wyndham leaves. So they're like, all right, Mike Rotundo, you're going to be in the U.S. Express with Dan Spivey. Now, if you're going to say I, Mike Rotunda, fine. He looks like an all-American guy. He could look like that. You can make the debate. To me, he looks like your dad's friend whose house you have a quiet meal in. You're not yeah, comfortable in it ever. Barry Wyndham looks like a guy you'd meet at a trucker bar and he would just stare at you, and then you'd leave the bar. Dan Spivey looks like he owns that bar. Like, these are not two all-American guys. Um, what's also... Yeah, they're not too... Yeah, um, Mike Rotunda looks like he orders water at a McDonald's. You don't? No, man. Wow, you go for that disgusting soda. DC, please. I don't eat at McDonald's. Unlike you, Dylan, who's a disgusting... Ooh, he does not eat at McDonald's. Why? I prefer Wendy's. I only go to the off the beaten path stuff. Like I go to Arby's. Oh, I go into Arby's. Fuck. I like to see. I like to be the most handsome guy in a place. That's why I go to Arby's. So you just don't go anywhere. <laughs> That's not true. I go to many places. I can go to Jack in the Box. No, you don't. You're not welcome in Jack in the Box. Everyone knows that. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not welcome in Jack in the Box because I took the name literally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone. Everyone forgets the time you went to Carl's Jr. and you just kept asking the staff where they keep the the real meat, and then you pointed at your hard. <laughs> yeah. 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 Math problem. You all, you all thought I was going to say dick, but no. Dylan actually went in there with a math problem. He's like, "Where do you keep the re pulled the rug out from under us?" He, they go to the AWA, the U.S. Express reunited the AWA. Uh, quickly, that ends at the while in the AWA. They had a boring off with Vern Gagne. They spent. Uh, they, it was a, a match in Minneapolis where they just both explained what they had done that day, and the entire audience full fell asleep for eight hours. <laughs> Yeah, and then Burn Gagne was like, that was a good match. Uh, and they were like, where's their money? He's like, oh, no, that's not money. Hugh, get these magic beans. Plant them and a great tree will grow. And that's when they left. I mean, it's um, Rotunda stayed a few months after Wyndham. I assume Barry Wyndham was just like, Vern was like, name's Barry, huh? Nah, I don't like that. And Barry was just like, that's okay. I don't even like you. I fucking like <laughs> <laughs> Barry Wyndham is like, I'm just trying to drink all these beers, see if there's any coins at the bottom. Yeah. He's like, all right, well, I'm married. He, uh, 
Hey, you know, you, you know your friend, you know your friend G- Greg Vern. I don't like that guy. That's my son, Barry. Yeah, you're bald. You're. <laughs> I know that he was apparently very, very good. I don't have the patience, and this is something that's now come in vogue, and I'm thankful that this viewpoint has come in vogue is that i don't have the patience to watch an hour long match from 1986 i just don't so i'm not gonna watch barry windham when it's like wow he had a really good matches with rick flair and i'll be like well i'll just i'd rather watch the tv ones where it's all high spots but barry windham had a lot of talent and if you took barry windham and mike rotunda and made one wrestler with just their positives that'd be you'd have a fucking legitimate long-reigning world champion yeah, of course you would. But unfortunately, that's not how... You can't just sew people together, Dylan. I keep telling you that. And yet, there's less and less hobos in your neighborhood. Then uh, Ms. McMahon would be like, Hey, Barry, why don't you work out? And he's like, You mean Kegels? And then he'd laugh at his own joke until the next event. That's what Barry Wyndham would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barry Wyndham, no, uh, Barry Wyndham by the way, the only man... Uh, I think the, the last man to find out wearing one glove and... Swim uh, and speedo type uh, wrestling trunks. You really just sort of you look like just every bad guy from an eighties action movie all at the same time. Yeah, well, that's that was a very popular Jim Crockett thing was cowboy boots and one goddamn glove. Oh, they, baby. Yeah, yeah, because it's all but it's all blackjack mooligan. That's where that that's where that comes from. Blackjack. Did you know that's how it's pronounced? too? blackjack mooligan. Ooh. So Jim Crockett is where Mike Rotunda goes after he goes to uh, Florida Championship Wrestling for a spell. And this is where he, of course, joins Kevin Sullivan's Varsity Club, which the Varsity Club is very much one of those things. It's much like The Undertaker. If you were to say it to someone, it sounds fucking dumb. But then seeing it, you're like, oh, okay, this works for some reason. It uh, the Varsity Club is one of the best stables that's never on the list of best stables. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because it's Jim Crockett. Like yeah. they're not gonna <laughs> they're not gonna list any good Jim Crockett things. It's just it, I I hate the WWE sometimes because you're just like, no, that is good. Yeah, it's kind of like just make credit. Like everyone knows it's fake. It's not like your thing being better than the other thing makes it. Like Triple H would actually beat up Sting in a fight, just like accept that it's fake. It's your thing now. It's like if someone bought a house and instead of moving into that house, they just made their new house worse, so it made their old house look better. It's like you own both things. Yeah, yeah. It's no. It's even worse than that. It's like if you bought a new product. It's literally if you, every time you bring groceries in, if someone else took it off the shelf, you just break it and throw it against the wall. Like, it's so unnecessary. But nonetheless, Varsity Club, uh, fantastic, of course. It's Rick Steiner, who is from Michigan, uh, amateur wrestler. And then we had Mike Rotundo, who was from Syracuse as an amateur wrestler. And then later on, we get the beautiful, the vivacious Steve Williams, Dr. Death, who Jim Ross had to view as a heel, even though he was the... Like, you could just sense the boner Jim Ross had calling all his matches because he is a big wrestler from, from Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. That's and exactly. he just keep on, like, Jim Ross would just be like, Bob Cuddle would be like, ah, we got a good match in the ring. And then just Jim Ross would just occasionally go, Oklahoma wrestling. Oh, <laughs> oh Oklahoma. Oh, no one's ever made me feel this. Oh, think about Dr. Death is he's, oh. 
little I'm too much it. of I'm it. I'm jagging it. I'm jagging it. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly what. And it's fun to watch like a dynamic of Bob Cottle and Jim Ross is the exact same dynamic he has with Excalibur now, where Bob Cottle's clearly like, all right, this nerd's going to say some stuff now. <laughs> all right. No, here's the fun thing about that. Well, Mike Rotunda works on a headlock. I could fuck your girlfriend if I wanted to, Jim. Look me in the eyes, you little pussy. I could fuck her any goddamn time I want. I could bob coddle. I wouldn't have to coddle with that stupid bitch after I stick it in her. I'll throw that out there as the Rotunda takes him down. Uh, if we could just focus on the match. No. No, we could do whatever I want, you Jimothy, little bitch. Jimothy, it's me, Bob Coddle. Here's the thing you need to remember. I... I can be this. I can look like this much of a dork because when I take my cock out, the room's pH balance actively gets different. Fat hog balance. Yeah, everyone knows one thing about old Bob Coddle, and that is, I'll fuck bitches. Back to you, Jim Ross. <laughs> so the, the Varsity Club, their first, um, their first feuds. Um, well, they actually feud with a face Nikita Koloff. And the weird thing is Rotundo was the uh, single star for quite a while. And what they have is this, and it says essentially Rick Steiner is Goldberg Eugene, where he's this jacked baby who's super over with the crowd for the dog bark and the old dog face gremlin. But he also like had, he would draw a face on his hand and he named it Alex and he would talk to it. And yeah, it's very much... Eugene. It's the exact Eugene. It's the exact Eugene thing, except for obviously he doesn't full... Like, he doesn't copy other wrestlers' moves. He's a great wrestler. Is just, he's playing a man with a mental handicap. And then, of course, calls uh, during their feud, when Rick Steiner leaves the Varsity Club, calls him what is retribution. He, Rick Steiner calls him Mike. I mean. Retardo. Oh, no. A lot. How, like, how often? Constant. And he goes, uh, and it's this way. He goes like, uh, hey, Mike. Retardo. Oh, As yeah, if yeah, it's yeah. like. Check this one out. That's the good stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dylan, by the way, has been uh, has a guy on the street named Mike Richardson. And Dylan's been trying to get like, hey, Mike Richardson, can you change your name to Mike Richardson? And he's like, why? And he's like, you'll see. <laughs> you'll, you'll fall into my trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, do you remember being a kid and people would say like shit like, well, you'll see. As a like like a precursor to a prank, that oh I always used to be like, What? No, you're an idiot. <laughs> I never No, I didn't go to school with Dennis the Menace. I did. His People would say things like His parents were hippies shit. and shit. Yeah. Well you went to a you went to you went to school in one of the worst places in the world and I'm counting Syria, which is a small suburban town outside of Toronto, Ontario. So it's a lot of people that could move to the city, but they choose to stay where they are. Lawn bowling was very popular. Oh, it? that's so, it's so weird to not live in Canada because everywhere else in the world they'd be like, "Well, when we see a lawn, that's just a thing that goes in the front of your house." In Canada, they're like, "We need to gather the old people up so they can just stand around this thing and go bowling." Mm. Bocce, baby, you gotta play it. Guess who joins the Varsity Club in late 1988? Me, Dan Spivey again. They just, <laughs> Dan Spivey just joins again. He's like, I'm back, guys. It's <laughs> just like the guy, just before everything is about to fail, it's like, who is that guy who was on Married with Children? Uh, Jefferson Darcy? Ted McGinley. Ted McGinley was on like nine separate sitcoms in the it final year where yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. we got Ted McGinley. Oh, no, we've been canceled. Dan Spivey's like that, but for stables where it's like, 
Dan Spivey showed up, and for some reason, they're investigating the WWF for steroids. <laughs> Why does anyone hire this guy? Yeah, Dan Spivey showed up and just, yeah, while well, trying to make a sandwich, accidentally called the FBI and gave them a bunch of. How about we put peanut butter on a sandwich? There's too much trend around GHB. Sorry, who is this Dan Spivey anyway? Oh, there's all these goddamn needles in the way. I'm just trying to find the peanut butter. Hi, every hello, federal government. This is Daniel Spivey. Do you allow someone to turn state's evidence in exchange for two club sandwiches? <laughs> no wait, no wait. One, I'm I I don't need the second one. Yeah, I'm full as it turned out. Actually, as it transpires. <laughs> Just go light on the mayo. I just don't want it to be that. I like, dry. by the way, if you look at the genres of wrestlers that we believe how wrestlers behave, there's either wild serial killers or just a group of mundane white people just out for food. Well, have you ever seen the picture of AJ Styles on the train where he brings his own like briefcase that's just an Xbox? Then we're right at least about that guy. We're 100 percent, yeah. And by the way, when we say Xbox, we mean just a, a it's a box covered in X's, and he's not allowed to look inside of it, but he really wants to. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say a box of his ex girlfriend's clothes. He just <laughs> oh, rubs it on his face. Oh, finally, I'm alone. Damn it, that would have been fun. I should have said that. Well, you fucked up. So after two good years in the Varsity Club, and he teamed with. Dr. Death, they ended up beating the Road Warriors for the world tag title. Him they and Dr. What? Death did. Yes, they did. Because Rotunda lost the TV title to a guy they were pushing, a little guy named Sting, and as like kind of like a make good. Wait, wait, wait. Um, Rotunda's oh, wait, also a wait, great Dar tag wrestler. Darby Allen's manager, Sting? You're telling me that guy had a career before? <laughs> yeah. Sting of the band The Police. Wow. Noted practice. Notice pra noted practicer of um, uh, noted that practicer tantric tantric yeah yeah sex me and Sting the two most famous did you ever hear about that I heard about, about the tantric hour he's like it's six hours I have sex for six hours but here he also counts dinner <laughs> wait what yeah he counts dinner he's like well dinner's part of it I was like what no 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 it's not fooling around to dinner he's like no you just have a nice no that's that that's absolutely not part of sex. Dinner, if anything, is detracting from sex because I've definitely eaten too much at dinner and had this thought, I'm not having sex today. Yeah, of course. I count it as from the point sex stops. So it's like, oh, I've been, I fucked my wife for a whole month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We stopped that, we had sex and then we had sex the next month. So it's been like a whole month of us banging. It's interesting. Every time I, every time, every time I piss, I consider it, um, uh, I consider it sex. Okay. I had sex in the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> It's so off-putting. May of 1989, the bullshit finally fucking stops. So what <laughs> happens is Dr. Death leaves for New Japan. Jim Ross um, is inconsolable, tries to commit suicide nine separate times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... And this is funny because Dr. Death is like actually in wrestling for money because they just went, hey, we have money for you in Japan. And he was like, all right, fuck this fucking WCW bullshit. And uh, Mike Rotundo, they're like, we need a new gimmick for you. What you are is a very accomplished college wrestler. You have that look where you look like, like an asshole. You just look like a tough asshole. So you're a uh, sea captain now. 
And uh, I thought for I thought this is Mike Rotunda came up with this gimmick and had a master plan, but really it was someone just made him a sea captain, and then a guy who owned a, like a a company that sold boats was like, "Hey, I'll give you a free boat if you talk about how sick my company is." And he was like, "That's good," and then he just got a free boat out of it. So even when he even when he slips and falls, he finds twenty dollar bill on the ground. I mean, what a I gotta tell you, what a white dude move. I wanna I wanna be a cat I wanna be the captain of a boat. Do you have a boat? No, but I will. <laughs> he formed a captain's crew with Abdullah the Butcher and Norman the Lunatic. Norman the Lunatic was like uh oh my god, what he, he played he's a white dude, he played an Asian character in uh, Stampede Wrestling, and all the old guys are like, Why didn't he just play oh, I think it was like Gamma Singh in Stampede He's like, Why didn't he just play Gamma Singh? He was so intimidating. It's like maybe because even in the late eighties a southern corporation was like, I don't think we can just put a white guy out there as an Asian guy. He's like, no. And then Stu Hart was like, no, look at it. Tape his eyes. And they were like, that's no, Stu. Mr. Dead Turner with me, Stu Hart. You got to have a fucking, you got to represent Japan some way. But if you have, if you have one of them on your name, the problem with them is they, they, um, how about this? Uh, the character is named Norman, and he just acts like he knows what's in my journal. <laughs> His name is Norman, and he's seen me parent my sons. His name is Norman, and much like my children, he's watched me take a full shit in a bucket. <laughs> Mid-1990, this is good because Mike Rotunda literally has 300 fucking characters. It doesn't really... Like, he literally switched characters after being Mike Rotunda until 1989. He oh. goes through, like, a character a fucking year. Goddamn right he does. Yeah, because then... Okay, so yeah, it's 1989. Well, no, he's IRS for four years. We should say that. But in WCW, they're like, all right, we got a new character for you. You are a cook, and you can stop baking. <laughs> when do I wrestle? You don't. Um... So he then, in the mid-1990, he turned heel once again and became Michael Wall Street with Alexandra York, yes. a.k.a. Marlena, who, along with her computer, founded the York Foundation. Uh, they used a computer analysis, later known as an algorithm. They basically used Twitter uh, to defeat his opponents yeah. in record time. And what's crazy is he was just undefeated at this point because they were like, yeah, he, the computer helps him win. And clearly, they had just been like they. For some reason, they were like, "Yeah, fuck it, that's a thing," and they did it. And he was never undefeated until he left for uh, the old WWE, where Vince McMahon saw what his gimmick was and was like, "I like that, do that." And he's like, "Wait, what?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, do that, but he, but make sure it's attacking the federal government." It's interesting, is that Vince McMahon with him. And with um, Razor Ramon, just like basically it was just a small tweak and then it was good. Like he just took a WCW thing, tweaked it a bit. So Michael Wall Street obviously is from the movie Wall Street. And the thing is, just as its own, it's not a bad idea of like having this skeezy stock trader who's always like finding a way to cheat to win. Like it's a pretty self-explanatory good like idea for a character but it's just the compute like this is it's all on youtube of course his first vignette is michael wall street and it's like you're like oh i get what they're going for and then they go to the computer and it's insane oh so i disagree entirely because like the computer is sold like it's a person i know it's so good 
And, he's, and then he reads it and he goes, oh, I can win now. <laughs> and that's it. That's the whole thing. Well, because this is, again, the problem with Mike Rotunda is he's just not that charismatic of a guy. That's like the... But he spoke well thing. He is not that, that charismatic, but the thing is, he's not, not that charismatic like a guy, who am I trying to think of, who can't really talk. Like early Brock Lesnar, I guess. Yeah. It's like, oh, this guy's just not comfortable. But it's like, no, he's he's a competent public speaker. He's just like not that charismatic. It's just weird. It's more, it's just weird what he wants to talk about. What do you mean? When brought like it, Mike Rotunda is just like his promos are just like I just want to let you know I'm gonna greet this with intensity or whatever or good to see it. like there's no charm to him. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's one of those things where you're just kind of like what I like I guess you could do I guess. Well, also, he's not this guy. It's like his whole life is like I'm good at wrestling. Now I'm a wrestler. At no point in his life was like I'm a fucking day trader. The, uh, the, when he becomes good is when he's IRS because then it's like you're a fucking children's cartoon of a bad guy. Like be a Saturday morning villain, but from the IRS. And there's some great stuff online about IRS's tips on how to not cheat the government. For years, me and my friends would call people filthy tax cheats. Because he would just grab the bike before matches as IRS and just go, your mom's a filthy tax cheat, and then start the match. And it's like, telling a five-year-old kid his mom cheats on his taxes is such a weird fucking thing. This is why it's I great. love the WWE. This is why Vince McMahon at this time was so just out for blood about the fucking federal. I got to get the federal government of the United States back. For when oh, Vince McMahon hates fucking taxes, too. Oh, he of course he does. It. Why wouldn't you? Oh, I love like it's again. It's it's Vince McMahon at his absolute like Vince McMahon is bad at a bunch of stuff, and revenge is the thing that Vince McMahon is the worst at. But I mean, it's pretty funny to like go to specific states and complain about taxes that they don't have. Yeah, and also like it's that whole thing where it's like you're hitting all these, but like it's clearly like a blanket approach, the machine gun approach to gimmicks, where it's like we're gonna try every single occupation that's ever come under the well, sun and like Duke get, the dumpster no, drossy hang on hang on shut your fucking mouth um or I'll punch you in the face uh IRS works IRS I think is to blame for all of those occupation gimmicks cuz it was one of the first this is his job and it worked it got over and was great no, I think I like I think it goes like Big Boss Man as a cop, and they're like, okay, cop, that makes sense, and IRS, oh, out there, but that makes sense, and then you get down to Garbage Man in 1995. And on that note, I think we should go to break. Uh, we're about 40 minutes now. Oh we my talk god, about money we're Inc. 40 and then minutes. We gotta, don't worry, this is gonna be fast because then we get the fucking. I mean, we could do a whole episode on his late WCW run where they were like, oh, we signed that guy. Uh, oh, oh right, my God. he's a VK Wall Street. I don't know, he's a doctor, but only for monkeys now. You mean a vet? Sure, veterinarian, Mike, whatever. V- yeah, yeah, he's a guy that we're just paying because for some reason he still works here. What? That's the gimmick. I oh, don't know. It's the worst. I would say I would put it to he's the worst member of the NWO. But we can talk about that. No, after the I, break. you're gonna be very upset. Who I think is worse than him? Actually, I'm broken and going through a divorce. I'm a daddy now. Please donate to Patreon for Christ's fucking sakes. Give us some fucking money, you fucks. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. Patreon.com backslash. We're back. Oh, my God. Money, Inc., greatest tag team of the early 90s in the WWF. You got Ted DiBiase. You got IRS. Great heels. 
They have the weird blue writing on their tag belts for a while. They're the tag team champions over two WrestleManias, which is very exciting. They're managed by Jimmy Hart for almost no reason. It's wonderful stuff. They feud with the natural disasters. Oh, it's so good. And it really completes the IRS character where it's like, this millionaire is, of course, a team partner with the IRS. Like, that just makes it so perfect as like a... And they're they're so good. And this is toward, this is like the last thing Ted DiBiase does in wrestling. And it's the last thing, not in wrestling, in ring. But it's also like perfect for Mike Rotunda. He obviously excelled in the varsity club because Kevin Sullivan talks. Dr. Death is the physical charisma. Mike Rotunda is the worker. And in this team, obviously, you got DiBiase being the charisma and Mike Rotunda doing the whole match. Like, it's perfect. It's great. Mike Rotunda... Good wrestler, uh, Ted DiBiase, great wrestler. Ted DiBiase, even better talker, but is very diminished at this point because he's injured. And then they do the most natural thing, which is uh, Ted DiBiase retires, heads to being a commentator. Erwin Archer just becomes a great mid-card wrestler for all of our childhoods. And then ah! uh, uh, Ted DiBiase uh, forms the Million Dollar Corporation, uh, a stable that a lot of people gave shit to, but I always think is very good. And uh, and of course, IRS joins that. Of course, he does. Yeah, and it makes sense too. Like this guy who's got a million. Like it's the it's like I said, Saturday morning stuff. This guy's a millionaire, and all he wants to do is beat up good guys for some reason. So he has the money to hire all of the best bad guys. It's perfect. I love it. Even though it's like by this point, he's been the million dollar man for like seven or eight years, and they never really, really did push. The million dollar corporation like they pushed things like the heenan family i remember uh, as a kid being confused i'm like well why isn't ted dibiase's guys all better than this they're like losing to weird intercontinental champions yeah it's a weird thing of that they well it's also because that they just didn't have the juice it's you can see yeah. that you can see vince mcmahon isn't gonna listen to the ideas of ted dibiase but fucking bobby heenan would be like I guarantee Bobby Heenan called Vince Jr. Like apparently like Bobby Heenan's favorite thing was that Vince McMahon hates smoking. So Bobby Heenan would just smoke a bunch of cigarettes in front of him. And then Vince McMahon would respect that because Vince McMahon was raised in an abusive scenario. So he only he only knows love from disrespect. <laughs> well, also, Heenan obviously had feuded successfully with Hogan in the AWA before. So it was like a proven thing. And by this point, you're 94, 95. It's like, is it Brett? Is it Sean? Why does the million dollar man hate either of these guys? So it's kind of like constantly in flux, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. It's just weird. It's just an odd old. It's an odd old time for odd old friends. I think one of my favorite things Money Inc. does is Brutus Beefcake's coming back from his like injury, his face injury, and they're like, yeah, 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 your dad died, but we want to fight you. It's one of the best promos, where it's like Ted DiBiase clearly has to get there, and has to be like, ah, we want to fight you because you're sad. Ha 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 ha. Great. Oh my god, yeah, it's, like, again, this is, but I will say that Ted DiBiase, okay, Million Dollar Corporation, a way better stable than people give it credit for, and also Ted DiBiase, a way better promo than anyone ever remembers. Yeah, of course. They're both competent talkers, and uh, I, I'm, I'm going to say, I've said it fucking, I don't think IRS is a competent talker. He's, he basically can do the IRS promo almost. I'm but, not saying good, I'm just saying he's competent. 
Oh, well, a lot of people say that about you, Dylan, and I always correct them. I always go, he is not. Really? Yeah, they're always like, Dylan seems like he knows what he's... John just read the game, and he's negging me. Uh, I didn't read it, Dylan. I listened to the audiobook. <laughs> I can't read, per se. Yeah. Stop negging me. That's my thing. Go ahead. Mike Rotundo's returned to WCW in September 1995, and this is where it gets really good because he's actually in the WWE, sorry, WCW for the second stint longer than he's in the WWF as IRS. So it's in the WWF for four years. He was IRS, a character we all remember fondly if you're an old bag of shit. Yeah, which I am not, so I have no idea what Dylan's talking about. Yeah, John's first memory of wrestling is... Um, Shelton Benjamin being old. He's 20. Uh, VK Raw Street, he, w- he debuts as. Supposed to be an allusion to Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Oh, this is so because good. Eric Bischoff's a fucking idiot. And he wrestles. This is my favorite thing about Michael Wall Street and VK Wall Street. Is that it's not like... Like, Ted DiBiase is a millionaire. And he has these tights with these nice sequins on them. And his great logo. And everything looks good. VK Wall Street's in this, like, singlet he found at, like... Yeah, he's in a, he's in He's literally in his varsity club, like, wrestling tights. But there's a With dull, no color on it. There's it's a, just, like, a solid red or black singlet. Yeah, with a dark... Occasionally, there's a dark green money sign on the back of it. He then... Yeah. Um... Uh, he then joins the NWO. Uh, just as the worst. No. Because <laughs> the worst NWO ever where it's like, hey, you know all these cool bikers? Well, here's their accountant. Big Boss Man's the worst uh, member of the NWO. It makes no sense that Big Bubba Rogers joins the NWO because to everyone, he was the Big Boss Man. He is not. Um, he's a cop. He's a law and order man. He wouldn't join these scoff laws. To me, that made sense because at least Big Bubba Rogers... Although it was a bad look, he had a sleeveless shirt leather tucked pants. in to, leather to tight leather pants. Oh, hell yeah, baby. Michael Wall Street was like, I found the only t-shirt with pleats in it, oh, and yeah. I will be wearing it to the ring, and I will not take it off my body so much as I will slowly remove it to have on a hanger while I lose to Elix Skipper. I'm going to say this again. I'm sure I've said it before, maybe not recorded. The NWO, by marketing them, oh yeah, we're the badass NWO, one thing, we always tuck in our t-shirts. It's the weirdest little quality that they have. Kevin Nash constantly tucking in his t-shirts until the late days of WCW when he decided that he was... Well, that's just... Yeah. When it gets real cringy where it's like, I'm a 40-year-old man and I talk like the rappers you see. It's yeah, very yeah. Good. My name is Kevin. I have tucked... I am no longer tucking in my shirts, but I am... Mostly wearing FUBU now. (laughs) But he has this sweetheart deal where he's just getting paid by fucking WCW. He's pissed off, though, because they're not using him at all. You have to remember, up until 1995, at the very least, 14 years of Mike Rotundo being a featured performer on every single wrestling organization that he's ever been in. And now it's like, what's your name? Uh, Michael Rotundo Wall Street. Uh, or, I don't know, what do you want your name to be? Am I in the NWO? I don't know. Who? I don't know why you're here. Stop, just go lose to Chavo Guerrero. Yeah, can you just... Do you know where I could get a Denver omelet in this town? Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, and then also, like, 
It's so weird because I swear to God he was appearing in like you can't find it, but in like because it says he's NWO until '97 leaves, and then the Varsity Club reunites in '99. I swear to God he was under contract in '98, and they just forgot he worked there. No, he went to New Japan for all of '98, and then came back to WCW because New Japan had obviously that uh, relationship with WCW where they would co-promote pay-per-views and this is when if you remember the liger episode they start bringing back liger because they only use juicing thunder liger when wcw is fucking in not in the shits but like when wcw fucking needs something is when they start using liger in the states again and he returns as mike rotunda of course reforms the varsity club but i didn't know what the varsity club was where i was like why are these old guys in their jackets it really came back as like we all hang out in the garage crew like it yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. In this corner, Chris Benoit, Shane Douglas, and Eddie Guerrero, people you've been seeing forever and you love. And in this corner is three guys that look like your dad's friends that tell you to stop drinking milk and start drinking beer when you're like, what the fuck are you doing in my bedroom? Yeah, exactly. That's why I really like. That's what I really like if like the filthy annals come out and like... They're talking about all these crazy concerts they're going to have and the No Limit Soldiers, the same thing. Oh, look how cool WCW is. And now the Varsity Club will try and fix this old lawnmower for 15 minutes. Rick can start it. Just pull the goddamn gas harder, Rick. Um, the thing to remember, it, what's so weird is like uh, at this point, people are still remembering Bruiser Brody's death. All of those people except for, you guessed it, Mike Rotunda, who's like, those people have sandwiches and I'm going to use some of the money to buy one of those sandwiches. Alvarez, a lot of people still were like, it is sad that Bruiser Brody dead, but I do need 500 bucks. Yeah, it's so fucking wrestling. I mean, welcome to wrestling. Guess who's just like that? Comedians as well. <laughs> 100%. Anybody who doesn't have a stable income, we're like, wow, that sounds really bad that that guy did that thing, but he has $600. Yeah, it's... I... Yeah, I'm going to say it. I don't like that. Mike Rotunda reformed the Varsity Club again with Dr. Death Steve Williams, unofficially known as the, oh, God, again club. Just, oof. They had to wear the same jackets. They didn't really fit. And then they would just go, I'm tired, so I lose and leave the ring. That was most of what happened. And they also had coffees in the corner. Like, they would have cups <laughs> they would bring to the ring. And then they would just, oh, it got cold. I lose. And they would just go back. Just the idea that you got all right, I'll tag me in my, I, uh, I'll get some sugar for your cough. Jesus Christ, fine. Like, that's everything that happened. And honestly, what's the most stable thing you could possibly do when you're Mike Rotunda, you realize the last fucking eight years of your in-ring career, you've basically been living off of old contacts, pretty much he probably had, of just like, okay, I know all these guys in Japan, so basically he wrestles in Japan pretty consistently from 97 uh, to 2003 with that short spell in the Varsity Club in 2000, WCW. And um, he becomes a road agent to for the WWE, making sporadic appearances whenever they needed. Hey, it's old school Raw. Fucking IRS is here. Anyway, he's actually doing his real taxes, living the gimmick. And has some sporadic matches, but mostly is just a good road agent up until he gets... Let go this year at the age of 63. That's right. The most normal ran in wrestling had a 1981 to 2021, a 40-year career in professional fucking wrestling 
because that's how normal he is. Even in the crazy world of professional wrestling, he can stabilize it. God damn it. Before and I'll say it again. Mike Re- Yeah, I guarantee Vince McMahon has given him a pension, but like if he calls it that, it stops because Vince McMahon does not want anyone to know there's stability in wrestling. I guarantee you Vince McMahon does not remember Mike Rotunda worked for it. Do you think Mike Rotunda and Bo Dallas were just like <laughs> father and son having really great times backstage? Vince McMahon unaware he's paying them hundreds of thousands of dollars? I guarantee you um, that Vince McMahon, um, uh, how do I say this? Uh, Vince McMahon has no recollection that Mike Rotunda worked for his company ever uh, and also doesn't remember that Bo Dallas worked for his company. And I guarantee that Mike Rotunda routinely at craft services took, um, uh, he took, um, food to make a sandwich at home i think that's probably all he probably brought a cooler and just was like well you're wasting this yeah yeah yeah. of course this is very funny his wikipedia credits him as having best gimmick in the wrestling observer newsletter because he was part of the nwo that's so funny say that again so just because he was part of the nwo he he won two wrestling observer newsletter awards which were feud of the year nwo versus wcw and best gimmick which is the nwo because he was in the nwo that's very much like a, the that's like a guy who doesn't play all year but still gets to win the nba title <laughs> like i won too what oh were you ever on the court they wouldn't even allow me to dress i had to wear a suit in the stands but I got my ring. And I bet I it's probably a lot of that you bet because you're bad with money. Um, how much money do you, are you willing to bet me that um, Mike Rotunda has never eaten brown bread in his life? Brown bread? I was going to say it's exclusively high grain bread. No, I think this man's a this guy does white bread and then he but he just turns everything. He's just like, well, that was a del- I just ate two sandwiches. Time to run. <laughs> I guarantee Mike Rotunda also very, like, I listened to an interview with him. He's a very blunt man because he bluntly said, he's like, well, it's interesting because um, Wyndham is actually a far better, more charismatic speaker. But, of course, we all know Bo is a much better wrestler. And I was like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) He seems like the kind of guy who would be like, all right, time for our quiz battle. And you know what that means? The winner gets to eat more at dinner and the loser gets lashes. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. So I'm not wearing pants around. And I've, and I've just been what I have to call self-auditing. That means jacking up. Whoa, John is a Scientologist now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a, I, well, no. I'm my version of Scientology. It's called the John Ontologist. And it's just on wrestling. You just record them full, full shirt cocking it. Ooh, tiny little shirts, tiny little dink. John, what's your favorite goddamn thing about IRS, baby? The whole IRS gimmick. It was great from start to finish. I got to go Varsity Club. I uh, definitely watched a ton I mean, of Varsity well, yeah, Club. He got var- to do longer matches. Varsity, he's the he, he's the best part of Varsity Club. Varsity Club is awesome. But IRS is just so nostalgically part of my childhood, and I love it. Yeah, man. I uh, It's all on YouTube. Uh, there's some great IRS Rick Steiner matches, and it's like, oh, this is how you make... like. Obviously, you couldn't do the Rick Steiner gimmick now with the hand puppet and like all that other stuff, but there's definitely a way to do it that was better than Eugene, and it's crazy that they had... There's no way they could have done it ever. They couldn't do it ever good once. I don't know why um, a... No. 
They, they, they should have never done that gimmick with Rick Steiner, and they should never have... Um, Eugene. Eugene. Nick, Nick Dinsmore. Dinsmore. Well, it was all based... I don't know what came first. Because I know with... Well, we'll talk about that in a Nick Dinsmore episode. But with the with the Rick Steiner um, version, definitely it's like you can just have a dumb guy. You don't have to be like he's mentally handicapped. He can just be dumb. He doesn't have to be like, oh, no, this is professional wrestling. We must hurt a special interest group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome to pro wrestling. Here is how you know it's on. Somewhere someone's drafting a letter saying stop this. <laughs> if a special interest group doesn't write us a letter or show up at our door saying why do you tr- want to hurt us then we haven't done our job yeah also, yeah in yeah. fact bo dallas will be returning to television with his new character i'm gonna get vaccinated i'm a little pussy um I and he's a heel worst thing about mike rotunda is he just needed some charisma yeah i mean honestly i think that they're I don't know if there is a because you need people who are just good tag team wrestlers who are like he's fucking here too, isn't he? I don't know. Also, if Mike Rotunda was around now, he'd literally his finishing move would be the choke slam of death. Like that's how. But he was just six two, six three in a time where people were all six two and six three. Yeah, he, people were just people were just doing steroids more the back then. Yeah, and he does have that build of like Bret Hart, where it's like, no, I'm too pragmatic to do steroids. Yeah, exactly. He's like, why would I do that? I need my heart. <laughs> He's like, well, if I do steroids, I can't have that beer per year I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't slowly drink one beer every year. <laughs> exactly. So that's pretty much, that's Mike Rotunda. He's great. Um, And uh, I'll go watch some old IRS matches and go watch some Mike Rotunda. Truly one of the guys we get to talk about where it's fun because he had a ton of fucking gimmicks. And unlike Barry Darso, he actually... He actually changed his persona for the gimmicks. I think we, Barry Darso just came out and was like, I'm from another dimension, <laughs> fatty. Versus Mike Rotunda was like, uh, actually was like trying to be a tax man. Yeah. What's crazy is, is that Barry Darso, because he ha- he lacked charm or nuance, far more memorable than Mike Rotunda. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Next week, I think I want to do this because I don't know anything about the guy and I'm excited to learn something about someone for the first time in my life. Go ahead. Let's do Tom Zink, baby. The (laughs) Z-Man. The Z-Man loved C-Man. Booyah. Let's go. Let's turn it off. Here's the thing that I love about uh, the Z-Man. Tom Zink, actively disliked by most wrestling personalities. No reason for it. Well, apparently he was like, I should be paid more. And thought he should win the world title, and no one liked that. Yeah, so did Ric Flair. I got news for you. Ric Flair just stuck around long enough that they're like, it was charming when he said that. And people are like, was it? I don't I don't think it was ever charming when that man behaved terribly. Well, you could make the you could make the claim that Ric Flair was underpaid because as it been talked about before, the only reason Ted Turner pretty much bought WCW was because of Ric Flair. Yeah, but Rick. Yeah, but Rick Flair didn't know that, nor did he want to know that. Exactly. Yeah, Rick, the only thing Rick Flair knew was getting drunk on kamikazes and doing what we would now call crimes. Yeah. Hey, who's? But that? back then we're called letting loose. Just letting loose into a plant while that woman cries. Rick Flair, baby. <laughs> nice. You can get us on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestler Review. John's on Twitch. Twitch.tv backslash John Hastings Comedy. And J- John Hastings re- comedy, John the John Hastings on Twitter and Instagram. 
I'm at Dylan Gott on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with our episode on whoever the fuck Tom Zink is. Bye-bye.